Hi, it's Pete Price. And Pete Price Extra, we're looking at Russell Watson. Russell has crossed every barrier with music and he fills concert halls still after all these years. We like Russell. He talks about classical music and talks about travelling and everything. So why not, here on Pete Price Extra, have a listen to the wonderful Russell Watson. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to have a catch-up. I haven't spoke to this fella for so long and it upsets me because I love him. This is the man that changed music in the world, not just in England, in the world. He crossed over from popular to classic, classic to popular, and he made it real and he brought the music to the people. Who am I talking about? There's only one, Russell Watson. Hello, Russell. What's a build-up? Well, why not? It'll all go downhill after this. <laughs> I tell you, I don't feel very special today. <laughs> why not? Oh, God, I tell you what. Um, my life at the moment, eat, sleep, sing, repeat. <laughs> but you know, Russell, you've got to get it while you can. You know this industry. <laughs> I know. Every time you feel down, remember them social clubs you worked? Yeah, well, the, the good thing about the social clubs were they were all in, like, close proximity. <laughs> so, you know, from from where I lived in Ireland, Salford, it, it wasn't far down the motorway to get to Wigan or Blackpool or places like that. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Places now it's like you know. Two and, uh, I don't know about you. What, what do you think about our, our motorway infrastructure at the moment? Don't start me on that. Right. The okay. fifty mile an hour thing is a oh. pain in the backside, Russell. It certainly is. I mean, everywhere we go now, it's just there's. There's very few places now that you can do 75 mile an hour no. on a motorway or a, a, a dual carriageway. It's just... Yeah, so couldn't agree with you more. Russell, when I was on the road as a comic, I was doing 70,000 miles a year. I couldn't do it now. I could not do it. I think the roads are horrendously frightening. Yeah, but the irony is, is that there's all these road works, but there's nobody doing anything on them. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Maybe that's where you should have your next concert. There's all that space. Wow. Russell the Watson last, on the motorway. The last time, oh yeah, can you imagine? I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah, but the thing is, all I do is moan on it all day. All right. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a bloke in a train asleep. <laughs> Russell, a serious question. Why do you think, and you've had a lot of time to think about this, why do you think you have successfully done that transformation in music? Because you've now got an amazing following. You sell out every gig. They're beautiful people, and they're right across the board. They're classical lovers. They're ordinary people. They're fans of yours. Why now, all this time later, do you think it's happened for you? I don't know. I think I think in 99, when I first sort of conceptualised bringing classical music to, I think, an audience that, would normally feel, I don't know whether intimidated is the right word, but certainly I know that when, I remember that, that, that sort of, I think it was more like, if I'll give you an example. Say, for, like, for instance, you went into a high-profile um, record shop. So you, went, you go into the record shop and you've got all your pop records, and this is around about 99 as well when, when I first started, when I, when I started working on the first record. You walk into the record shop and you've got all your pop records and all your jazz records and, and everything else and it's country and western and it's all mixed into the, the national charts. It's all there and it's all easy accessible. Then you go up a flight of stairs and there's a glass fronted shop with very quiet, sedate music playing in the background and usually a chap with a pair of spectacles sort of, you know, embellished on the end of his nose. 
and and it was all very intimidating. I think the classical setup. So, do you remember that? Don't you? I do indeed. I do indeed, and I remember the snobbery. There was there was dreadful snobbery. Lot, there was quite a lot of snobbery, and I, I just think that people like me, myself, and probably yourself from a working class background, felt intimidated by that whole setup of of this sort of elitist music being behind this glass screen that you felt like I don't I don't feel comfortable walking into that. Whereas now, all these years later, almost twenty years now, you can walk into a record shop and classical musical is there and it's mixed in with everything else. And I think that it's good that those boundaries have come down that now classical music is is accessible to everybody and there isn't that intimidation factor of walking into this area in a record shop where you feel really uncomfortable. Tell me, um, you're working constantly. How do you look after your voice? Because that is the big thing. And of course, you had those dreadful illnesses. I don't know if it affected your voice now, but how do you look after your voice? Well, it's, it's difficult because, you know, at the moment it's not so much just the singing that's the issue because I could sort of sing every day, but going back to the travel and being away from home and it, all that can be quite quite stressful and quite tiring, air conditioning in cars and things like that. So it's just a case of making sure that I get plenty of rest, making sure that I stay stress-free because stress, stress affects me differently now to what it did, say, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because, I, you know, the... the the, tune, the big lump that I had in my head that nearly ended my life, it um, basically destroyed what's called the pituitary gland in the front of my skull. It, it completely destroyed that. So I now have to, I don't produce any hormones naturally. I have to either inject them, take them by tablets or gels, and I have to do that on a, a daily basis. So when I do get stressed about things, it just, it's like anything, you know, I guess it's like a footballer, isn't it? You start to lose your confidence or get stressed in yeah. everything. The first thing you start to do is, you know, making a mess of things. And it's the same with singing. Um, if if my stress levels go up and I can't deal with stress the same as I used to be able to because of all the, the hormone replacements that I take, then that could cause problems as well. But, I mean, it's, you know, I just try to stay calm about everything. And, yeah. and you know, and it seems to be working quite well because, I mean, already this year we've done, blimey, 50-plus concerts. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. What are you doing for Christmas? Are you having time off or are you working? Time off. Good. So, um, and then I've got, I'm off all through December um, and January, February, so I've got two or three months rest. So I'm looking forward to that. Russell, what's a lifespan of a voice like yours? I know crooners can go on. What is the lifespan of a voice like yours? I don't know. I mean, if I look at, say, I don't know, someone like Domingo who... I mean, obviously, you know, appeared in all the operas and it's it's totally different to what I do because I do a mixture of the classical and the pop. I look at someone like Domingo and even Tony Bennett to a degree and, and all they've done with the repertoire is, is, is they've got older and the voices have deteriorated. They can't hit the same notes as high as, as, as they yeah. used to be able yeah. to. They just drop the keys of the material and they still keep going out, change the repertoire, drop the keys and, you know, I can't imagine myself without singing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I guess it doesn't matter, you know, what age I get to. I couldn't imagine myself without that feeling of yeah. walking on the stage and the light hitting my face and hearing the audience roar. Russell, it's the greatest drug in the world. It is. That's why people come out of retirement. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, you know, there's people, and again, there's like, 
you know, I look at someone like Kate Bush and people, artists like that, and even Rick Astley to a degree, who disappeared for years and said that they'd had enough of the music industry. And that, that's yeah, another yeah. another thing that I could get into because there's plenty of times as an artist, I guarantee you, if you've been around for a certain, more than 10 years, there's going to be plenty of times when you get fed up with the industry. The, the, the singing and all the rest of it, I love the industry. Oh, yes, oh. I know. It's, 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 we had the best days, Russell. We've had the best days. Probably. <laughs> no, no, it's amazing. Uh, Russell, you're a lovely human being. You've n- always got time for your fans. First time I saw you work was with the North Pier and uh, Lily Savage. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams you would be where you are today, selling out stadiums, working around the world, working and singing in Italy? Do you ever think that would ever happen? No, but I remember, you know, I've always been, I've always taken each step of my life and my career as, as, it, as it came. So at the time that I did the thing with Paul, with Paul O'Grady, um, and that was on the Blackpool North Pier. I mean, that was, that for me, that was a, a pinch yourself scenario because you got to remember, I've been working in the pubs and clubs of the Northwest and it's hard work. You know, you're going into a lot of these places and nobody's interested in what you're doing. You have to win them over. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the clubs that I'd go to where you could see, you know, literally old fellas sat with their arms folded like, go on then, entertain me, show me what you've got. And even if you are good, I'm not going to let you know that you're good. Yeah. And the other thing, you miss one out. Somebody's told them how much money you're earning and that's really annoyed them. Yes. <laughs> My favourite was, you know, like you've got the star of the show was never the singer. It was always the bingo. Um so, you know, or, or the lady at the back of the room selling freshly made sandwiches. Oh, you've got Russell Watson tonight, and then we've got, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, the most important moment of the night, we have bingo, your first flyers at 9.30, after turn. Right, cheers. <laughs> Russell, I went on a club one night, introduced in the northeast, walked out, and there was no microphone. And I said, where's the microphone? And they went, have you not brought your own? <laughs> oh, good Lord. I remember doing this club one night, it was in Wigan, and I'd, I'd sung my heart out for 45 minutes. I finished the, my first spot with Phantom of the Opera, the music of the night, and I, abs- I, I belted it out. Mm-hmm. And about five minutes after I'd sat in my dressing room, there was a knock at the door, and it was the concert secretary. He says, excuse me, lad. And I said, yes. He says, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, you can. He says, do you do anything good? <laughs> yes, juggle. <laughs> but, but back to Paul O'Grady. Yep. That when I when I got that when I was offered that job, I'd, I went from literally singing, you know, to to in essence singing with a big star at the, you know, Paul O'Grady was a big star at the time. Yeah. And also, you know, has proven that he's got longevity and has continued to be. And almost, and I would say not almost, but it's become a national institution yeah, in our country yeah, now. Yeah. So for me to literally step out of the club circuit and singing for 60, 70 people who weren't that interested in me, to walk into this venue in Blackpool where, you know, we had eight, 900 people in this theatre every night, packed. It, it was a massive step for me. Yeah. And that, I think that was, in essence, one of the first big steps to getting me into that frame of mind that I could do this, I could get out of the club world, I could actually do something yeah. with my career and progress and that actually was the first thing that to, to give me 
the belief that I could be and should be in front of bigger audiences. And it, it was a really good thing for me. Russell, how can people find out more about you? I think going, going to my, well, first of all, going to my website, russellwatson.com. There's a book out as well. It's called Finding My Voice. Uh, and, you know, have a listen to some of my music as well. That's probably the best way. Or by listening to your show, Pete, because you always ask the best questions. Russell Watson, love talking to you. You take care. You too, my friend.